Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insight podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insights podcast. Um, I'm joined today by Lu Ngo, who is one of the hosts here at LMSL. Um, Lu, so excited Hi. to have you on the show. I know that you've been with me on like a vlog style show before, mm. um, but you haven't actually been in the studio with me to record really? a podcast episode. No. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Didn't know that. I, I swear to you, I thought we already done an episode. I think I have done an episode on your show, right? Yes, oh. which you should check out. Yes, if, please if, check yes. it out. Um, what is it? I don't remember. Um, what did I we talk about? We were talking about um, parents. I think we were talking about parents. Yeah. Well, we record. If we haven't done one from or two from my shows, then we definitely need to do that. So you should definitely do that yeah, soon, for sure. That'd for sure. be fun. Um, do you want to introduce yourself very briefly um, to Ooh. our audience? Um, yeah, sure. I am Lou. I am here as one of the hosts. Um, I'm also honored to be leading the team here at LMSL. So that's the fun part of my job uh, besides hosting podcasts. I'm a cat mom. I'm a cat mom of three. I am a lifelong learner. Love learning, which is why I'm here at LMSL. And um, I don't, I don't know what else to say, but you know, just a lover of life, like loving life. I think loving, la loving life, and and laughing through life and living. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Laugh through it all, guys. Just do it. <laughs> is is definitely what we strive for. Yeah. Um, life. Uh, but uh, speaking of being a cat mom, today's episode is about pet care. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about that, but we have a game that I normally play with my guests um, called Have You Met Lu Ngo? Okay. Um, obviously the name changes. Uh, I don't ask them about you every single time. Oh yeah. Although I wish I could. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to give you a shortened version of that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a couple of really quick questions about yourself. Are you ready? Let's go. Yeah? Cool. What about, what is your favorite book or the last book that you've read recently that you really liked? I am actually reading a book called The Power of Fun by Catherine Price. It's amazing. It talks a lot about true fun, which is a concept that we as adults don't think about very often. You know, children has, they have true fun all the time, but as adults, we, you know, we start to get sucked into our daily lives and we forget about it. The reason why I started to read this book was because I got really burnt out. Um, you know, I, I came to the realization that I have not had fun in a very long time, I feel disconnected from myself and I don't really know what I enjoy anymore. So yes, I love life, but what exactly do I love? What exactly do I want to do more of? The book really helped because one of the things that she talked about, the author talked about at the very beginning was, you know, she felt a sense of disconnect just like me and she started to play the guitar. So she learned to play the guitar and I haven't played my guitar in so long. And it's why it's like a reminder, you know, Whenever I have a second, I don't have to just, you know, feel guilty for not reading if I'm playing my guitar, you know, like I can just pick up the guitar and play. It'll be really fun. It creates, you know, the state of flow, which we all know, and, you know, a bunch of other benefits. I'm only at the beginning of the book, but so far I'm loving it. And it also talks about, you know, not being on social media too much. Like, obviously, it's not a bad place to be in if you know how to use it. Um, but yeah, you, you got to strike the balance and all that sort of thing. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept that I've also been thinking about lately because I've also been burnt out. And like, I think my mine is a little different from yours. Maybe you'll come across it in the book. Let me know if you do or people who have like read the book, um, leave a comment um, if it comes up. But something my therapist asked me the other day was, do you have any hobbies that don't involve putting effort into them? Mm. Which like caught me so off guard because a lot of my hobbies are like creative writing. 
art, playing the piano, stuff that I actually do have to put time and effort into um, and that I've spent so much of my life, even though I find it enjoyable, striving for perfection towards. And, like, ever since that time, I've just been trying to take all of these things less seriously and also, like, using my free time to just watch a TV show, a bad TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, try to do things that are really inconsequential mm. and, and unproductive. Yeah. And it's made me enjoy a lot of these things more. Right. It, it's made me really kind of – the less – I. I think I was putting pressure on myself that I didn't realize I was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you were talking about that, I started thinking about the question myself. I'm like, if someone asks me that, I don't know what to say. But then I realized one of the things that I've been doing recently is every time I go back from, I get home from the gym, this is really like literally no effort. I put on YouTube the music that I enjoy and, you know, watch the music video and sing along. Yeah. It's really fun. It's so It's like fun. no effort. And I enjoyed myself. And for a very long time in the past, I used to feel guilty for doing these things. Because I'm like, oh, you know, like I should be productively doing something, creating something. But no, that is productive rest to me. And I don't have to put in any effort. I'll, I have music I enjoy. YouTube's right there. One click, play and just sing along. Exactly. And it's like you're not doing anything important. It's not going to result in any kind of like product or whatever or, or skill development. But... Hey, maybe I'll be a singer. You never maybe know. Yeah. Um, Australian Idol next year. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Uh, but yeah, like maybe busker. Found me yeah. on, find me on Burke Street. Um, <laughs> our Melbourne viewers will appreciate that one for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, no, I totally am with you on that. Um, but I'd love to hear more about the book. Um, and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to move on to the next question yeah, before we start talking let's. about this for the rest of the episode. Yeah, let's. Um, what about a movie? Um and I, I think I already know the answer to this. No, actually, it, it changes all the time, okay. mind you. Like it changes all the time. And to me, like I have so many movies that I started watching recently and so many movies that I just forget about, you know. And um, I have been watching more movies lately as well as one of the you know new hobbies. Um, the one that I would probably talk about today uh, would probably be, oh gosh, what's the name of the movie? It has it has Ashton Kutcher and Katherine Heigl in it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, is this like the about. spy movie? Is it yes. called Spies or something? I don't think it's called Spies, but I know I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah, I, I rewatched it the other day, and it was just so fun to watch. It was like hilarious, and you know, it's the first part of the movie was set in Europe, in in Italy, I think, um, or France, France. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first part was in France. The second part was in America, obviously. It's hilarious. Plot twist, like the action, you know, the six packs. Um, <laughs> no, but it's just fun to watch. Mm. You know, for the first time, like I'm not ashamed to share just a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Can you please help me Google what that movie I is called? I just did. It's called Killers. Killers. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Sorry. Not yeah. Spies, everyone. Yeah, Sorry. It's called, it's called Killers. Killers. <laughs> I have watched it twice and I love it. Mm. It's hilarious. Yeah, for sure. I thought you were going to say Across the Spider-Verse, but... Well, um, don't tell me anything about that movie. I will well, be, I've not seen it yet. Yes, I'm not going to talk about it because, yeah, yeah. I, I need for you to see it first. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll make a time. Um, what about a podcast that you've been into lately? The Huberman Lab. So many people have told me about it, even our CEO. He's like, you should listen to it. I was like, okay. And then, you know, a lot of the guests on my shows suggest that podcast as well. And I started to see a lot of YouTube shorts on my feet. Because I started to Google a bunch of things like sleep productivity or yeah. like um, emotions and things like that. And then, you know, his shorts would pop up. Um, so, yeah, if you want another one, I have uh, another favorite, which is Deep Dive with Ali Abdal. That's another good one because he has amazing guests on the show. Yeah. And, yeah, the conversations are really nice, too. So, yeah. Yeah, I, Huberman Labs is like a very commonly recommended one on personal science. A lot of people recommend that. Um, but Ali Abdal, I've I've not listened to his podcast, but I've seen a few of his YouTube videos. Yeah, 
Um, I've seen a few of those. So. He's crazy productive and like he's I really think sometimes structured. He's, like I really have to approach his videos critically and yeah. assess like what I'm actually capable of because yeah. I a lot a lot of it is too much. For yeah, me. yeah, exactly. Like he's like um, crazy organized but, and things. And I'm like, whoa. But the deep dive with Ali Abdal podcast is fun because there there's a wide range of guests. Mm. I think um, he had Dr. Julie Smith on. So that was like really fun because I love Dr. Julie Smith. She's the author of Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? Love that. And she, you know, she talked a lot about like psychology and, and you know, things related to, you know, our emotions and, and other aspects, of even like life purpose. So yeah, it's it's a great episode. If you don't want to watch the whole show with Ali Abdal, at least watch that episode. It's okay. really fun. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Um, lots of recs you've given me today. Yeah. You're <laughs> so welcome. I'm going to be checking those out. But um, we've gotten to know you now. Um, Yay. And if you want to get to know Lou better, listen to her shows, her podcasts. Um, but I'm going to move on to our topic of the day, which is about pet care. Yes, um, let's talk about it. We've both been looking forward to this episode so much. Yeah. Um, I want to start what with what, I mean, obviously, you know, you're not an expert, um, no. unlike most of my other guests on the show. Um, but I just want to ask, what is pet care to you? Mm. Well, how do you? How do you personally define it? Well, I'm no expert, um, but, you know, having been a cat mom for two and a half years now, um, I would say pet care is a process of planning for the needs of your pets, just like a human. So how you would take care of your health, you need to look at your pet's health the exact same way. You know, like planning um, what they're going to eat, when to eat, um, you know, personal hygiene. So... Um, you know, grooming, you know, frequent baths. I know people are like, why are you bathing your cats? But yes, you need to do that at least once a month. Um, in the summer, probably even more frequently. Um, brushing is important. Are you going to get insurance for them? You know, are you going to take, the, take them to the vet often? Are you going to give them, you know, uh, annual vaccines? All that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's a process of like planning for their needs as much as human needs. So yeah, that's how I would define it. Yeah, for sure. How many how many pets have you had? Just to like put this into context. Uh, well, I have had four so far. Um, so you know, I, I I used to have four cats, and one passed away last year. Um, so yeah, that was pretty rough, and uh, definitely a lesson learned. You know, for you know the health checkups that should have been more frequent. I mean, I mean, like the first checkup was fine, and I was like, oh yeah, maybe she's just old. Actually, she was really old. So, uh, you know, like when, when that happened, it was like out of nowhere and the vet just said, you know, really like there's no, there's no way to find out what exactly happened. Sometimes there's this procedure and process where you can go through and they can try to identify the cause of, you know, death, but sometimes you don't find anything because it's extremely hard to, to find out, especially with pets, um, but yeah, my uh, my vet said that she she was really old already, so that's probably why. Um, yeah. yeah, which was definitely very sad. But um, yeah, I think it it was a lesson for me to treasure my pets more. So yeah, sure, for sure. Um, how has I mean, and you partially answered this question a little bit, but how does having a pet make you a more responsible person? Because I know for me, I'm a dog owner. Um, and I do live with my family, so he is uh, he is owned by four people technically, but he's officially my dog. Mm -hmm. um, and the amount of lifestyle changes I have had to make before having a dog, um, he's my first pet, um, and after, especially getting a pet as an adult, it's it's pretty big. I feel like when you have a pet as a child, which I, I've never experienced that, well, I had a goldfish, but doesn't count. <laughs> like that's not that's not a real animal. Um, I feel like um, when you're a child, a lot of it is your parents looking after it anyway. Um, but as an adult, there's a lot more responsibility that falls on you. So, like, how how does how has having a pet changed you? Well, yeah, this is a great question because you know when I first had cats. I became a completely different person. I was, for first of all, I was obsessed with them. I love them so much, obsessed with my babies. And I started to notice that I was more responsible, um, not just because of them, but you know, also like I felt like I was a more responsible adult. 
for, you know, um, regulating my schedule, you know, going to sleep at a certain time because, you know, they go to sleep with you, right? So you kind of like, you want to honor that time, you know, wake up early, make sure you feed them um, and feed yourself and clean more often. Crazy. I was like, never thought that I would be this diligent with cleaning and vacuuming because, you know, if we don't, if you don't have pets, you probably vacuum what, like once, twice a week. Mm -hmm. I have, I vacuum every day because, you know, there's fur everywhere, right? Yeah. But because I can see the fur, but, you know, in reality, you know, vacuuming every day is actually not a bad idea because, you know, there's dust everywhere. I was like, wow, like I'm like, more responsible, you know, and like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to articulate it, but I felt like a, I felt like an accomplished adult <laughs> in a way. I totally get that. I remember when um, my dog first like arrived, um, I expected to take on more responsibility than I ended up taking on because my family were like, actually, we love this dog and we want to take care of him too. Um, but I remember back then I was doing, um, I was working full time at the time. Um, I was doing some pretty, I, I had a normal schedule and I would wake up like at 6am because I had to go to work anyway, um, look after him, feed him, make sure he'd walked before I left the house. Um, and then I'd come home on time to walk him as well. Uh, and very soon, because um, that full-time work finished very soon after I got him um, and I started doing shift work and um, I was a uni student as well. I went back to uni. Um, I wasn't able to do that anymore because like my schedule just went crazy. Like mm -hmm. I had no idea what I like, well, I knew what I was going to be doing that day, but like it wasn't very consistent. I wasn't home by the time that he needed me to be home. Yeah. Um, and often because when you, when you work and study at the same time, you're staying up quite late at night. You can't fall asleep the way you were talking about. Um, you can't necessarily wake up on time because of that. So it's, yeah, I, I feel like it's, um, it's an interesting one how having, having some, just something as simple as having a full-time job can like really help you maintain a consistent schedule for your pet. Definitely. Somehow Simba has still managed. He, he's, he's alive and he's happy and he has a routine that we, we respect. And we, we love stick Simba. To. Um, Cute but, baby. but yeah, how, like. What, what are the kind of challenges that you came across when, when you first got your pets? Because I'm assuming, like, your cats, these are your first set of pets. Oh, yeah. Like, you didn't have, a, have any issues. Yeah, children. yeah. First time. Um, actually, I remember the first year was pretty rough because, you know, cats are very different from dogs. And they are, I'm trying to find a nice word. <laughs> They're little demons sometimes, and they can really challenge you. Like if you have a kitten and you you raise you've been raising the kitten his or her whole life, it's a different story. But when you adopt adult cats like I did, super tough. I was like, what's going on? Why are they constantly hiding? Why are they not interacting with me as much? Why are they not playing? Turns out it's just because of who they are. They need time to adjust, and also because they. They were left behind by their previous owner. There's that certain sense of, you know, like they felt abandoned. And so they, they needed time. Even, even if you love them so much and you show the love, might not be enough because they might go, this is annoying. You know, it's just cat's nature. They want to be left alone, right? And I was like constantly in their face. So <laughs> they were annoyed at me. Uh, so those are, that's what I had to deal with when I had the first two cats. Um, Leia and Hermione, and so, you know, Leia's gone, rest in peace, my baby. But when I got the next cat, Taro, he's, he was crazy and he just, he was like the opposite. You know, while the other girls were way too mellow, he was way too crazy. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna man maintain this, like, it's just crazy. Um, he's like roaming around, running around and just, you know, like, basically knocking everything over. I mean, he's pretty graceful, like he doesn't knock everything over, but he likes to be on the coffee table and he would just, you know, like make space for himself and everything on the table would just slowly. Do you get the feeling the he's doing it on purpose? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. He he likes to, he likes to challenge his mama. Um, and then I got a kitten and the kitten is a whole different experience because, you know, raising a kitten is 
so different and you have to make sure that they you know fit into the environment they you need to make sure especially because it's a multi-cat household you need to make sure that the cats get along yeah 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 so that was a challenge too because hermione and taro hated each other's guts oh great yeah they still do Oh god! But you know, thanks to potato, things have gotten a little bit better because right. you know, like yeah. they, it's like Taro has potato to annoy, and mm. you know, Hermione can do her own thing and just do whatever she wants. It's like so, a yeah. very like sibling dynamic. Yeah, totally, hundred <laughs> like, percent. The youngest sibling is just so annoying, yeah. and then another one comes along, and then that one can just direct its attention towards the new baby. I know, but that yeah. was why I got the kitten because you know. Tara was so crazy that I didn't know what to do. And not just like crazy in the house, but crazy with the other cats because he likes to pick fights, okay? He likes to be played with, but because mama's busy sometimes and, you know, I don't always play with him, he would go and pick fights with Hermione and Leia. Like Leia doesn't really mind because, you know, she didn't mind because she was older and she's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But Hermione constantly hissed at him the first year. I think she still does now, every now and again, but like they're kind of like, the siblings that that have got gone to know each other, yeah. So they're kind of like, yeah, I'll be in my spot, you be in your spot. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, stay we're out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it was really tough. Which is why I was like, okay, if he has a friend, mm -hmm. a sibling to annoy, then he wouldn't annoy her. And because kitten, you know, it's fine for them because they they whoever whichever cats they grow up with, they would be used to the cats or the people, right? So yeah, like. Taro and Potato, they get along really well, even though they're super different. Like Taro's crazy. Potato's super chill. Yeah. He's like, he's mellow. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it just helps. So yeah, yeah the, lots of challenges, especially when you don't have just one pet, but multiple pets in your home. Um, maintaining the space, making sure that it's clean is another thing. Cause I, you know, it's a rental apartment. It's not my apartment. So yeah, lots of accidents have happened. I just need to make sure it's like, it's clean all the time. Uh, needs to make sure that, you know, I don't leave sharp knives around and, you know, they're always in their spots because cats like to jump around. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're smart, but you don't want to be careless. You want to be vigilant and just be, you know, like really just, yeah, on top of everything. So I had a lot of anxiety the first year. Uh, the second year got a little bit better. And now that I'm in my third year with the cats, it's chill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. For sure. One of my biggest um, things that I had to change uh, was... I couldn't have things on the floor anymore. Like I can't keep things on because he's not, Simba doesn't do it as much anymore. He's, he's learned like what he should and shouldn't um, take, whether he listens to what's good and what's, what's, he knows right from wrong, whether he chooses right is a totally different story, <laughs> but he knows. Um, he knows the difference, but especially at the beginning, like anything that was kind of on the floor, no matter how big it was, was his chew toy. Mm. So we had to like, um, there was a lot of like boxes and stuff that I would keep on the floor that I then had to find other places for, um, even just like electrical appliances. I had a heater, like a small heater that I kept on the floor cause I didn't really have any surface area for it. Um, it's not safe. Uh, I don't recommend it putting a heater on the floor, by the way, just don't do that. A small, small little portable one. Um, but that was kind of my only option. Uh, I had to move that cause I was like you are gonna chew on the wire or something like that i have to hide all my wires um, oh yeah wires that's another big that's thing. that's another big thing Oof. um and like even though he's better now um literally literally the other day my brother had brought mcdonald's drive through home okay and there was big mac sauce and uh tzatziki like mm. little packets just yep. on the table well out of reach of my dog um, I woke up one morning to find <laughs> both cylinders were empty. Oh, licked clean. Oh no, on the ground. Oh no. Um, so he's still, he's still, yeah. Um, it's it's having to like navigate just just the knowledge of like knowing that nothing is permanent <laughs> thanks to my dog. <laughs> Like the things that I keep in one place may not necessarily stay there. And yeah. he has no rhyme or reason for why. I mean, the sources make sense. He wanted to eat it. But sometimes it'll just be like my underwear, my clean yeah. underwear. Yeah. Um, 
that again I've kept out of his reach, but somehow mm-hmm. he manages to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it'll be like recycling. Like it won't be anything that smells like food. He'll just take it because it's like, well, it's mine now. That's still something that I think I think that's a lifelong thing with. Yeah, with it pets. causes a lot of anxiety, but yeah. you just have to kind of get used to it and manage it because mm. yeah, you cannot be too careful when it comes to pets. Yeah. How do you manage going out with your pets at home? I I know this is very different with cats than it is with dogs. Yeah. But for me, like our family does not go out for dinner anymore (laughs) because Simba gets too lonely. Um, He's a poodle, a half poodle. So poodles are naturally really clingy as well. What about dog-friendly restaurants? He he is not friendly. He's not a restaurant friendly dog. Right, gotcha. <laughs> Otherwise, we would take him. Yeah. Um. He he's not able to control himself. He's better gotten better at controlling himself around people, but like with food around, there's just too many variables. We we can't risk having him out. Yeah. About. Right. So mm-hmm. he's not a well trained dog. I'll 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 take that L. Um. That's that's true. Uh. But he's also oh, a very no. difficult dog to train. Yeah. So yeah, I could understand. Well, to me, going out, it's it was actually interesting because the first year was, you know, the second lockdown year of the pandemic anyway. So I didn't leave the house very often, which was actually something that made it worse for me at the end of the year because I was so obsessed with them and I was so worried all the time that I didn't go anywhere. If I go out, even just to get groceries, I'll be like rushing to get back home straight away. And then because I, I constantly checked up on them, they were annoyed because cats like to be left alone and I was constantly in their faces. So that wasn't good. Um, but I think with time, like anything in life, you know, with time, it slowly got better. I got used to it and I could leave them at extent, you know, for extended periods of time. Um, yeah, last year I went home for three months and I left them with my friends um, and they didn't stay with the cats. They just came over to feed them and um, Taro got severe separation anxiety um so i came home to an apartment full of poop and pee so you know lesson learned do not leave your cats alone for three months like yes you can leave someone to take care of them but they need to stay there to to apartment sit otherwise it wouldn't work so yeah lesson learned yeah i think especially with like with dogs you can like take them to a sitter and allow them to stay at someone else's house. But cats are so attached to the home. Exactly. Which is why I didn't want to bring them elsewhere because my friend said, why don't you bring the cats over to mine? She has cats too. But, you know, like getting used to a new environment, to new cats, and then bring them back again. I was just, you know, I was kind of hesitant to do that. I should have done that. But, you know, I guess. You, you learn yeah. by doing it. Yeah, now I know true. better. You know better now. Yeah. If I wasn't allergic to cats, I would so pet it for them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm pretty you. sure everyone was on holiday during that period, yeah, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I probably wasn't, but um, I haven't traveled since 2019. Oh. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I'll. I'm still. I'm. You I'm are traveling here. soon, so. Yeah. No, I'm not. Wait, didn't you say you were going to go to India? No, my my parents are in India now. Right. Yeah. So you're not going. No. Right. Not, I don't have any plans at the moment. So Simba um, has you then? Simba has me hmm. uh, for now. It's going to be interesting because, again, we used to take him to we used to take him to a um, pet sitter who yeah. used to, like, keep um, dogs in a home um, while they were on holiday. Uh, and he was more or less fine. He would be pretty sad uh, during the entire time. Um, and then he would be kind of pissed at us and not talk to us for, like, a few days after he came, after we got back. But he was okay. Like, he was still eating and stuff. But that was before the pandemic. And he's definitely gotten way more attached because we are, like, literally always home. Um, Even now, he has someone home the majority of the time. He's rarely ever alone because my dad works from home. I work from home. Um, So it's going to be interesting, like, if all of us go on holiday together to see how he handles it. Uh, And I I don't know. I genuinely don't know if that's going to happen again. Like if the if like my family can go on a holiday now because of his, I mean there has to be a way to wean him off of it, but it's going to be really difficult when all of us are like home all of the time, and he's now five, going to yeah. be six this year. Yeah, he's kind of too old yeah. to train, so it's going to be an interesting one. But mm. I don't know. Um, keeping it's so anxiety inducing being on holiday and having a pet because <laughs> it's like. Are they okay? (laughs) 
Like, are they, you know, you trust the people, but it's like, have I given them enough food to feed the pet? Like, do they, are they sick? What's going to happen if they fall sick? Like stuff like that. And even though the sitter that we, we used to send him to used to send us pictures every day. Yeah. It was, um, still really scary. I'm sure you also felt that way when, when you were away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh gosh, it was it was hard. I installed this little camera that I could, you know, see them and interact with them through and it was okay for the first uh, month, but yeah, the second month I just I was just itching to get back to them and yeah, well, with hindsight everything should have been done differently, but you know, you learn through these experiences. I think it's just yeah, it's it's very important to not be rigid with uh, what you can do because I was like so set on you know like no no I'm not gonna you know let them leave my apartment because I had a really good friend that agreed to take care of them while I was away and you know we to feed them every day so that was really great but still you know like you you should have you should always consider different aspects like is it good for them is it good for you um how long are you going to be away for you know like sure you have help but you if they don't have human contact all the time especially with cats that's not going to work so you know even if you think that this is the best thing for them you should consult somebody else maybe your vet i didn't because i just made some assumption um it was a pretty last minute when i flew out as well so didn't have a lot of time to make arrangements but yeah now i know better last minute trips i feel like uh one of those things that just die mm. when when you have pets for sure yeah like you've got to prepare them as well for the fact that you're going to be like away yeah and yeah exactly exactly i had to move my flight earlier because some of some drama so jeez yeah. yeah yeah so that's why i didn't have enough time to think it through but you know if i had i probably would have done it differently so yeah always consult your vet if you're yeah. not sure absolutely for sure what what do you do to kind of balance being a pet owner with like your other commitments because sometimes I feel like looking after a dog is a full-time job <laughs> definitely um look I'm not the best at it <laughs> and uh, I think with other commitments like work um social life and everything else I try to make sure there's a routine in place um and you know this can be easily maintained because if you're feeding them every day, you're washing their bowls every day, you're petting them every day, um, especially in the morning or before bedtime, that is something that can easily be built into your routine for with with cats, you know, with dogs, it might be very different because you need to, they're, you know, they require more attention and you, they need to have more activities and things like that. Um, so I think for cats, it's it's easier. I would say relatively easier. And for me, it, it's just easy to do these things like first thing in the morning or you know last thing before bed um because sometimes i'm not home you know i have to be at the office um all day or you know if um if i'm bouncing here and there and if i'm like really like sucked into my work even though i'm at home it's hard to make sure that i do these things so yeah i just make sure that there's a routine in the morning there's a routine in the evening and um you know one of the other things that i would say is you know balancing commitments is one thing but balancing your mental health is is another thing because a lot of pet owners would probably resonate with the fact that sometimes when you're not feeling your best you're not taking care of your pets very well and that's like that's the, the biggest thing that i've noticed for me and i'm like wait i haven't petted them today i only pet them when they come to me I'm not actively petting them like usual why because i'm feeling low and it's a really hard thing to manage. So I think with with pets, like no matter how busy you are, no matter how tough life can, life can be, it's important to prioritize this aspect, especially because, you know, the podcast that I host, Happiness and Wellbeing, we talk about pets, you know, every now and again, you know, like the connection we have with animals and the activities that you do with, with your pets, playing with them, petting them, taking care of them, actually boost your well-being too. So if you're feeling low and you're like, oh, I just don't want to move. Like sometimes I had periods where I was just like lying in bed doing nothing or like just staring at the sky. And I didn't do anything for my pets and I, for the cats and I felt really guilty. But now that I know, you know, you know, but when you know better, you do better. Right. So now that I know I'm, I'm actively doing these things and, and rebuilding the connection with them sometimes, because, you know, in life, there would be periods where you feel disconnected from everything. 
So it's like, it takes a lot of effort to even do that because all the other commitments, you probably also are making the bare minimum effort. And with the pets, it shouldn't be like that. So you definitely need to nurture that relationship and make sure that you're balancing all aspects of your life. Um, so it's less about a commitment thing, but it's more about a routine building activity and, and to be really grateful because I think we should all be really grateful for our pets, um, no matter how naughty they are. Definitely, you know, be really grateful and, and make the effort to take care of them and know that whatever happens in your life, they are there. You know, they they can actually sense your energy. They can absorb your energy, too. So, you know, when when you interact with them and you're nurturing the relationship, you both feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that in that, like, um, like I said, at the moment, my parents are overseas. Uh, so it's just me and my brother and my dog looking after him and my parents were usually the ones who were up in the morning with my dog um, and feeding him um, and sitting with him and spending that quality time with him. Uh, and now it's really weird because I am famously, and people who listen to this podcast will know I've said this, I'm not a morning person <laughs> at all. 9am is usually the earliest I'm out of bed. Um, what I've been doing is I have been waking up to make sure he gets the food which is the bare minimum, but then he sleeps on my bed with me the rest of the evening. So there's still that physical contact um, and there's still, it's not exactly quality time, but I'm spending time with him and it's quite intentional because I'm like, come back, spend time with me. And he's happy to do so. He's always like very happy to do so. so. My, sweet. my room is warm in the winter, so he likes being there. Yeah. Um, and um, that that helps, but... It's it's definitely like been a learning experience. I didn't realize how important his bedtime was for him. Like I can't just like stay out and like watch a movie. I have to be in bed watching a movie if I am. Because yeah. like he needs to sleep. He's used to at night um, heading to where my parents are when they've settled down um, for bed and sleeping there. Um, now I have to be that person. <laughs> and I'm usually not. I'm usually like up and about at that time of the night. Yeah. So... It's been an interesting one. Like I can tell that he's asking me to like go to sleep. Mm. He's asking me to like settle down so that he can go to sleep. Yeah, that's it's been it's been a really interesting one. Um cuz he's not like he can he can sleep through like noises in the house. He's not that kind of dog, but he is the kind of dog that needs someone to around for him to like go to bed. It's a learning experience. I feel like I'm learning. I learn he, he's been in my life for so long <laughs> I learned something new every time yeah um yeah and you were talking about how like um pets and interaction with animals is like correlates to happiness and well-being mm -hmm. it's so interesting how like when we are going through those low mental health periods which I've definitely been through as well like pet care is one of the things that slips off your mind but like Spending time with your pet is the thing that can make you feel better. Exactly. It's it's such a it's such it's, a strange so, spiral. It's a reminder. You know, yeah. this is a reminder. When you don't feel like doing something, mm. just think about how important it is for your well being and for your pet's well being. Like, yeah. oh, am I gonna brush my cast today? Uh can be bothered because I'm so tired. Actually, no, you can be bothered. Yeah. Put something on, watch a movie, and um, brush them at the same time. Would that make it yeah. more enjoyable? They would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I did that yesterday. It was fun. My dog hates being brushed, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. He's well. just like any bathing, grooming, he just hates it. Um, he makes it the most difficult process <laughs> imaginable yeah. for us. Okay. I could imagine. It has to be done, but oh, he doesn't make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. He sounds like a diva. <laughs> Diva is a great way to put it. Okay. <laughs> it's a fantastic way to put it. He's um, at the risk of ranting about this a little too much. Um, he we I call him a bastard dog. That's what that's what I call him. Wow, uh, amazing, lovingly, affectionately. Okay. Um, but uh, he um, he doesn't bark or anything, but he'll like talk to us and he'll whine if he's trying to communicate to you, and mm. it's it's. He'll whine in the most annoying way possible yeah. Um, in order to communicate what he wants, which is often something unreasonable. Um, like, can I have a treat in the middle of the day? He's not allowed to. Um, that's, that's unfortunately a result of having a breed that's 
way too intelligent but also has a mind of their own yeah uh that's just a part of it he he does act like a cat he reminds me of a cat a lot sometimes Aww, um he's one of the things and i guess my next question is about this as well which is um how does responsibility uh, like being responsible for a pet how has that changed you as a person how has it developed you because i know for me all the stuff we talked about about routines definitely applies mm. but the biggest thing I can think of is that, like, I was mentally and physically not doing well until I got Simba. Now I have to walk him at least once a day, mm. which forced me to get out of the house, which is not something I was doing before I had him. Yeah. And that has changed my life so humongously, just leaving the house. I live in the suburbs. It is not easy to find a reason to leave the house when you're in the suburbs. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the one big thing for me. But what is it? What is it for you? How have how has having four cats now three <laughs> changed you? Actually, a lot. You know, um, I, I talked to my mom. Uh, I think last year in one of the call, and we were just talking about cats, and you know, the fact that I have so many cats and. You know, she was just saying something so funny. She was like, oh, look at you holding that cat, taking care of that cat. You you can take care of a baby now. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm sorry. But that was a <laughs> that was funny. But that was a good point because I realized how much of an adult I became after, you know, getting cats because I took care of them on my own. Everything. And I was like, wow, I'm very responsible. <laughs> Because it's a it's a full time job, you know. It's it's commitment. You just you don't just get them and leave them, or you know get them and leave them be. You gotta be all in, taking care of them, you know. Um, and you know, obviously there's a little little bit of obsession from my part, but you know that's it's good obsession. Um, How and, can you not be obsessed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta be obsessed with your pets. Yeah. Um, but I realized after that, that, you know, I have become really responsible. I've become like so adult and like I've been thinking about things uh, while considering somebody else's well-being and not just my own. And by somebody, I mean three three cats, three bodies. Um, and I think, you know, being able to maintain that routine and committing to taking care of cats and not leaving them no matter what happens you know no matter where I have to move it's a pretty big deal like it, it shows a lot of growth like you know you gotta be really resilient through the process you gotta be um, responsible you gotta make sure you're doing your life project management quote unquote properly um, and I think it's it's grown me in the sense that I I'm not just thinking about me all the time um, while I'm learning about, you know, the love for animal. And to me, growth as a person is like learning about a lot of different things, right? So even being just like conscious of what the cats would be allergic to or, you know, like what it would mean for animals in general or, you know, anything that I do, would that affect the cats, would that affect other animals? It shows growth to me personally because I... I'm not the kind of person that got a lot of exposure to animals growing up. So, yeah, like yeah. it's different for different people, right? But for me, it's like it's those aspects. Yeah, I think um, like I, two of us, we would not know what it's like to have a pet, I guess, as a child. Because Simba is the first pet for anyone in my family. Like it's the first pet, first pet for my parents as well. Um, so it's just been kind of a learning experience for all of us. Um, I think it's been easier on my parents because for them it's like having a third baby in the house. Aww, <laughs> like cute. they have kind of just like he's just their child now. Yeah. But um he's also my child. It's a weird family dynamic. Yeah, um it sounds interesting. <laughs> but thank you for sharing all of that. Um again, I I love your cats so much. I have met them. They're wonderful, wonderful cats. I know. Thank you. And I wish I I wish there was a time when I wasn't allergic to cats, and I wish I had met them then. Aww. Um, unfortunately, I'm well, very but allergic there's, now. There's, but that doesn't that won't stop me. Yeah, that won't stop me from. There's so many them. ways we can still make it happen. I haven't met Simba. I but I have no idea how to get you guys to meet him because he hates car rides. 
so I can't drive him anywhere either. So people have to come. So he's to, a house dog. He's a house dog. Right. People have to come to my house, which is like way too far. Um, we'll see. We'll we'll make a day. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll plan work something. It out. We'll work it because he would love to meet you guys too. Yeah. He loves people. Yeah. Um. So he would absolutely love that. Cool. But I'm gonna move on. Okay. <laughs> we'll make plans after we were after okay. we're done recording. Okay. Done. Uh, I'm gonna move on to our practice slash habit experiment debrief. Yeah. Um. Where ask you a couple of questions about how we can put what we've talked about into practice. Again, reiterating, you're not an expert, but. As having experience as a pet owner, there's a lot we can learn, I think, from our personal experiences. So I wanted to ask you, Lou, what's a practice that you do to deal with um, – how do you manage pet care? What's a practice you take on to manage pet care? Um, I think uh, a practice that I would share with everyone and, and perhaps is something that everyone can try is to cuddle or pet your cats or dogs or other pets – before bedtime. So, you know, some might sleep with you, some might not, but you, you know, I, I find that petting them before I go to bed and just like saying goodnight, it's a really nice way to have that, you know, like the feeling of connection with your pets. Um, and in some ways it makes you feel better, but in other ways it, it allows, I think, I mean, I cannot read their minds, but I think it allows them to feel at home and, and feel loved as well. Um, cannot really speak for them, but for me, like maybe it's selfish. Like I just love doing that. And sometimes like I would do like silly things like, you know, baby, good night. Or, you know, like just, you know, come and squish them and sometimes bring them to bed with me. Um, obviously they'll run away, but <laughs> they'll come back later. They love sleeping with me. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> Do all the cats sleep on your bed at once? Has that ever happened? Yeah. Oh. In the winter, pretty much every day. In the summer, not so much. Yeah. I think that might be just in general, like as having a lot of fur on their bodies, they kind of just want to sleep apart yeah. and yeah. not share body heat. Exactly. But in the winter, they're always in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What? So you do it every night before bed. Um. What are your, what are three good things about, about mm. this? Yeah. So as I said, it gives you a sense of, um, you know, connection with your pet. Number one, um, two is it allows your pets to feel loved and three, it feels like a family routine. And right? I think this is like, you know, love that for you, no matter if you live alone or if you live with other people, it's, it's really nice to cultivate that kind of like family vibes and, uh, it allows you to appreciate your life more. So yeah, like I would say those are the three key things. Sure. What are, what are the challenges? Well, you might be so tired some nights or drunk that you just don't do it. Um, I actually find that when I'm drunk, I cuddle him more. I'm like, yeah. I love you I so, love you so much. much. <laughs> no, but like, you know, like if, you, if, you, if you're the happy drunk and you're just like just drunk enough, yeah. um, that's okay. But sometimes you're just like you about pass to pass out, out and you're yeah. just like, you know, like head first in a bed. Those are the some things really that might stop you, you know. I get really nervous about breathing on him as well. Like just alcohol breath on yeah, my dog. Right. Like I'm just like I don't, I don't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking. It's like you know. My when cats you... love smelling alcohol for some reason. Like I have no idea why, but they just do. They're having it when you're not looking. Yeah, definitely. Before Leia passed out, uh, passed away. Sorry, she, uh, she had this. I had this photo of her um, sniffing my champagne bottle because like she, it was new year i think and then she she saw the bottle and she was like she's a curious girl she was just like they're sniffing it's, a, it's the most hilarious thing so cute that reminds me actually we have um so my, we never have beer like in our house because no one in our house likes beer but my dad works for a beer company oh so he decided to Wonderful. just crap open a can that he got for free from them yeah um and uh left it on the ground on the deck <laughs> oh no so this that ki this could not this, end well. This dog just knocks it over and starts licking it, and he's like, Ooh, and then starts licking it more. We had to pick him up and remove him from the beer. He enjoyed it. He kind of liked it. It yeah. was strange. Wow. Uh, I wish we'd caught it on video. Beer lover. Because yeah. it was like a very amusing that kind have of gone moment. viral, man. <laughs> Bless. But yeah, no, uh, we've never made that mistake again. Uh, it's he wasn't even like. I think it had just been left out and forgotten about. So it was later when no one was around that he kind of just went and yeah, gotcha. went for it. Gotcha. Um, 
pets. Am I right? <laughs> Beer. Am I right? <laughs> um, what? Uh, how? Based on your experience, um, do you have any recommendations of a practice or a habit that you would combine with petting your with petting your animal at the end of the day? Mm. Uh, I would say it, it might sound silly, but say something nice to them. Yeah, like I love you, or you know, like good night, or you know, like uh, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like you know how plant parents would like talk to their plants. I do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, same way. You know, talk nice things to your pet. It it allows you to express that gratitude. Like I'm so grateful you're here with me, or something. You know, like it's just amazing to embed gratitude in everything you do, and you know, because I learn so much about the practice of gratitude on my shows, happiness and well-being, I, I just realized that it's, it's so good for you to say it verbally out loud to anything and everything, you know, even your pets, so even if you don't, un they don't understand, you can still say the nice words and, you know, that'll build a bond. I don't know if they understand, but I'm sure they feel the energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it I makes you feel so much better. I don't know what the scientific research behind that is. I know that there's definitely been studies on it. Yeah, but I would love to hear this from an expert. This is yeah, just my personal. Yeah, I am waiting for the actual, yeah. like the the expert pet care episode. <laughs> yeah. That would be so That'd good. Be fun, yeah. That'd, That'd be, be fun really to compare. Fun. Yeah. Um, but I think um, I know that at least for me, telling my dog, um, I love him or some variation of that, which is often you're the most beautiful little boy in the world. Aww. <laughs> um. Uh, some kind of variation of that is like uh, it, it makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. I like I know he's listening to me. Whether he understands me or not is different. Yeah. Um, but I think at least with Simba, I know he can tell from the tone of my voice. Yeah. My intentions. Yeah. Totally. Um, and that's probably a result. They always know exactly. That's probably a result of like just cohabiting with me as opposed mm -hmm. to some inherent like dog ability or whatever. Yeah. But um. And just the very, very strong differences between when I'm telling him off and when I am praising him. But uh, yeah, he um, he seems to, at the very least, register what I'm saying, and that makes me feel better. Even if, like, I don't know for sure whether he understands me or gets what I'm trying to say, he knows he he's listening. Yeah, I'm sure they know that they're loved. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our debrief. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm no going to go pet the hell out of my dog <laughs> when I get home. Yes, and I'll, I'll pet my cats <laughs> as much as I can today. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm going to move on now to our open mic mm. um, in which I let you talk about whatever you feel um, was important to kind of bring up at this stage yeah. towards the end of the episode. Lou, what did you want to talk about? This is your mini TED talk. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I've been talking about this so much on my shows that, you know, Aiden's probably bored of listening to it by this point. Um, I want to talk about the importance of knowing when you're burnt out and how you can recover from it. I'm not fully recovered, but I think the first step is acknowledging when you're burnt out. So when you feel um, like it's out of whack, everything is out of whack. That's when you can kind of notice the signs. And if anyone's like, what is it? Like, I've never been burnt out, how do I know? Some key signs that you can notice is whether you wanna get out of bed in the morning to go to work, whether you can function well at work, whether you feel like you're zoning out a lot at work, whether you feel like you're a little more stupid than usual, that happened. Um, and whether you feel a sense of disconnection from yourself. Now, a lot of these signs, I know if anyone has gone through depression can be very similar to depression, but yeah, burnout is something else and I'm no professional, but um, I know this from experience and from talking to people who have lived through it. And I think it's a process to recover from burnout. Um, it's important for you to seek professional help if you feel like you're not able to handle it by yourself. It's important to step back from responsibilities and not take on more stress in your life. Um, I think a lot of the times, especially for women, and, and there's a book on this topic by um, Emily Kogowski and her sister, something, I don't remember the, their exact last name and I apologize if I butcher your names, but the book is called Burnout. And it, was, it was recommended um, from by a colleague from my previous job 
I was also burnt out in my previous job um, in 2021. And, you know, she recommended that book. I read it and I was like, okay, now I know about this concept called completing the stress cycle. Now, completing the stress cycle is something very simple. You can do this because if, if you're still switched on from all of that stress, you're not going to be able to do anything, which is why a lot of the things that you're going to hear are very simple. You hear it all the time. Exercise, go out, have fun, hang out with people, connect with yourself, pick up a new hobby, get enough sleep, eat well very basic things especially because you know i talk about this a lot on the happiness and well-being show and i learned a thing or two on from the experts i think it's not something that would happen to you all the time but probably once or twice in your life you would go through such periods and i know for a lot of people whatever profession you have you might go through this um, periods of burnout because you care about your work and because maybe because you really care about your work and it's really challenging which is my case, or you take on a lot of different responsibilities and you have a lot of things happening in your life and you're not able to find your space to find that peace. And, you know, that's why I think it's super important to um, acknowledge when you have it, to actively work on it. And I think for me, it's been really helpful to go back to basic, you know, just do eight hours of work if I can, max nine and not more than that. Um, completely switch off, get out of the house after work whenever possible, you know, unless it's like heavily raining and I don't feel well. Um, connect with yourself, you know, find new hobbies, journal it out, talk to friends. Um, and what I've learned through my shows, uh, you know, have been really helpful because, you know, a lot of the times when I didn't feel like myself, I talked to the experts on the show and then they start to give me tips and stories and, you know, things that I could try. And I was like, oh, yeah, like little things like, you know, just exercising, sleeping well and things like that. Wow. So helpful. And just enjoying, you know, the present moment as well. You, know, you get lost in things, right? And get into the flow, whatever it might be. So helpful. And also with that, I would like to share that if anyone would like to um, explore other aspects of their happiness and well-being, I'm really passionate about mental health. And I think it's important for all of us to, to get to know this topic, you know, especially the psychology um, behind it. If you're not an expert and you don't really want to go into psychology as a profession, it's fine. You can just learn more about it through listening to our, our shows. So we have Sarah Boost, the Happiness Science Insights podcast, and Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast that I'm hosting. Um, we talk about a lot of different topics. Burnout has been mentioned once or twice. Um, pets have been mentioned multiple times. Um, yeah, and, and we talk a lot about different aspects of happiness and well-being. So please tune in. Sure. I, I want to, I, and that was your open mic, not mine, but I do want to tack on to it. Yes, um, please. As someone who, like, we, you and I, we've talked about burnout a lot because yeah. we're both going through it. Yeah. And um, something that, I think I underestimated how much it would help and it's stupid that I did is therapy, like professional help. Cause I, for me, it's burnout, but I'm also going through chronic depression. Um, I've probably also got um, some form of ADHD, haven't been diagnosed officially, but that's in the works. And understanding your brain and how it works makes such a world of difference. And it's very difficult to do that on your own. I understand that professional help is not accessible to everyone. It's very expensive. It's expensive for me right now. Um, but, and that's why, you know, shows like yours and also personal science, we've tackled some of those issues before. We try to talk to experts and we try to make sure that all of the info we're giving has scientific backing and research backing in some way so that it's not kind of like your regular motivational tips that you <laughs> that you hear on a lot of podcasts yeah, I think. motivational tips are good but you need science to back them up exactly and yeah. and you want like and i think something that i found is that the experts also add a lot of nuance and context exactly. to a lot of those motivational tips that's really important in understanding yeah. what's going on in your head and how to actually tackle what's going on in your head definitely so, while our show is not a replacement, <laughs> our shows are not a replacement for therapy. Definitely not. Um, it is a huge help and it's really beneficial. So I do recommend. 
Yeah. I do recommend that. Um, I feel like we could do an entire episode on burnout, but I'm going to stop it right there. We should. Hey, why don't we talk about that on my show? We'll do that. Yeah. We're there. It's done. <laughs> look look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. Looking look forward, forward to it. To it. Um, but Lou, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I've had such a great time talking to you about pets. It feels like a normal conversation we have <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I know. It's fun. Um, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about my cats i'm like i'm ecstatic like i didn't ask when for this, i was but picking a great. topic for you i was like lou is gonna love it <laughs> i love it so much thank you uh thank you i've had i've had a great time mm, me too you've been listening to self-improvement atlas the personal science insights podcast produced by lmsl the life management science labs for more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives Search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel, as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can also be found on our website at pe.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Aditi Kuti. Thanks for tuning in.